initially when we started, um, I was, I think it's the first time you actually put yourself out there when you're creating a brand um, and you have more followers or friends or whatever on Instagram than you do your own account. So you have a lot more people's opinions and a lot more um, people's eyes. So I think initially when I did start um, Boulevard, I was really cautious of it and I was I didn't want my face to be anywhere I didn't want to you know model the clothes um, because I, if there was anything that people didn't like about it or if there was a post that people didn't like I didn't want them to know that it was me um, and then I realized that a lot of the time people like to associate a brand with a person or someone to be held accountable um, not accountable but just to know that there's like a person behind a brand you know so and then I was like okay need to start being you know Welcome back to the Tea with Nikki. We are pro-tea, not anti-coffee. And if you've seen one or two of these before, you'll know that we don't judge if you're having a glass of wine or a quarantini. Please sit back, relax. Today, I sit with Taylor Sutherland, the owner of Boulevard Boutique. This is not my first interview with Taylor, and it's certainly not my last. Her and I love sitting and talking with one another, it seems. It's just so comfortable. But today we discuss how she got inspired to start Boulevard Boutique, the legal processes she had to go through, and how she pivoted her business during the COVID-19 lockdown. And she has an exciting announcement coming up that we got, we, when I say we, I mean me, got exclusive insight about that I didn't even realize I was asking her. Sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. So I know you had completed your bachelor's and honors at Vega in art direction and brand communication. And then you moved to Sydney to pursue a master's in strategy, entrepreneurship and marketing. Did you ever think that you'd end up in fashion though, or in retail? Like, no, I never, never thought I would go into fashion or, um, or clothing or anything really. I remember when I was deciding in grade 10, I was deciding between, you know, in grade 10 at Redham, you have to choose, you know, you have to choose your electives or whatever. And yeah. I was going between art and design. Um, and I remember um, our headmistress at the time, Miss Pitkin, um, I was best friends with her daughter or am. Um, and I remember speaking to them and Dee always said to me, she was like, I can see you as like a fashion designer in grade 10. And I was like, no, like that's not why I would ever be doing design, but um, didn't ever do fashion design in design, like I just ended up doing something else. Um, and then when I studied through Vega, I thought I would go into advertising and marketing because I'm like i I'm obsessed with advertising. I just think it's, I just loved it so much. Um, so I never thought I would be in fashion or retail. So I'm very surprised that I'm here, but I feel like everything that I've learned along the way, like, you know, everything that I learned through advertising and marketing, I think that's just like your tool to what you want, what you love maybe, like you can always use advertising and marketing through whatever company that you um, work for or, or want to start up or something. So didn't ever think I'd be here, but I'm happy that I am because I love fashion and shopping <laughs> yeah. so much. That's <laughs> my personal shopping. Yeah, you get to do your personal shopping, which is always a way. <laughs> So then that leads me to the question, because you never thought about being in fashion, what inspired you to start Boulevard Boutique? I think I just, with like advertising and through Vega, you always, you're always solving problems. You're always like trying to find opportunities or see the opportunity in the market. That was just what we had to do through 
in, to learning at Vega. So I think when I when I did move, when I did, well before I moved here, I knew I was moving, and I knew there was a gap in the market for more variety, and I knew how to kind of get women's clothing from Australia. I knew like the supplies and stuff. Um, or I did my research and, and I thought, okay, cool. I'm going to be moving here and it just made sense. I think that was when I, I just saw like a, a gap in the market kind of, and I was always looking for that. I mean, I'm always, I'm always thinking, okay, you know, they, I'm, I'm always on the search for like something that can make my bed for, for myself, for me. I'm always like, there's a gap in the market. Like I hate making my bed. We need to find a solution, you know, like there's, they're things that I hate doing, or I think they can be a better way of doing it. And I'm like, okay, we need to find a solution for that. So I think with that in South Africa, I was always like saving up my money and traveling to Australia and, and buying stuff um, here. Or, you know, when we used to go on holiday with my parents to Europe, I'd be saving up my money and, and spending it on that. I was like, surely there's a way, you know, there's an opportunity for us to bring in international labels into South Africa. I just have to figure out like how to do it. So I think, I think that was it more so than what it was more that I love clothing and I love fashion but I think it was more of like just seeing an opportunity more so than that okay. an opportunity that you like that you felt passionate about you know enough passionate enough about it kind of yeah and how did you settle on the name Boulevard ah uh, I don't to be honest I don't I don't I can't really remember but I know it started off with one I always wanted the name to mean something to me so I was like okay let's look at um the name the, the street name of where i grew up which was Badmore avenue so i was like oh the avenue that sounds pretty cool and then i went on to um uh what's the one a uh, beach beach road i was like oh beach road sounds pretty cool and then i think boulevard just sounded the nicest of them all i just thought okay cool like avenue street road and then boulevard and then i was chatting to my brother about it and he was like oh that's actually pretty cool because it's like you're shopping on the boulevard so i was like yeah exactly okay cool done boulevard <laughs> And it had the alliteration of like Boulevard Boutique, so it was good. Oh, that's nice. That's such a nice story. I actually never knew that. So that's why I was also curious how the name. What were your first active steps in creating your e-commerce business? Um, the very first thing I did was um, I obviously had to just look into, you know, the, the suppliers and the wholesalers. Um, and just see if I can get the clothing at an affordable rate to import into South Africa and obviously, you know, pay those imports and then and make a, a profit off of it or if it will actually be feasible to like, you know, earn a salary off it kind of. Um, so I first did that. I remember I was still in South Africa and I was like searching the internet relentlessly for wholesalers and suppliers in Australia and they're just very... They're very not that I don't think at that time they had an internet presence. So it was so hard to even find them online. But as soon as I, I moved here and I went like searching through the streets of Sydney, I found them easily. So that was great. Um, and then another, so that was perfect. But then I obviously didn't from when I moved here to when I, when Boulevard started, it was only a year and a half to get everything in place, like get my imports license, um, register the business in South Africa um, and then one of the other things that I did straight away was um, start my Instagram page just so that we could it was just like a style inspo um, but just so that we just so we gained followers slowly so that when eventually we did launch a year and a half later we had a like a small audience you know so that we could just generate like awareness and stuff but I think the most important thing was just like really just researching it making sure we had a really good product um, 
that South Africans would want, you know, good quality, um, and then making sure that it's just like feasible through the imports, making sure that it's, you know, the way that we go about it is all like legal, because you don't ever have to worry about legal stuff before you want to open a business. I just, I've never thought, you know, you have to be so meticulous of like, you know, everything is above the above board. You don't, you don't know if you're breaking a law in certain ways. So it's like applying for the import license, didn't know I needed one, you know? So I think we just had to do all of those small, very boring things. Um, and then eventually, yeah, eventually then we started shopping and then it was, was pretty easy after that. Yeah, I can imagine the shopping being quite easy to to. The shopping is very easy. It's too easy. That's the the worst and best part. (laughs) So good. And when you were creating your style inspo page on Instagram, did you use that sort of uh, to draw insight into your clientele and who you were targeting as to what type of clothing you'd be buying? Um, I... I think so. It was a lot of like inspo from um, Chopo and Princess Polly and Verge Girl, and they are um, very big examples of Boulevard. So it was so they stock the same. So they use all shop from the same wholesalers and the same labels that we do. But obviously, they stock a wider variety because they're they're conglomerates. They're massive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was repost- reposting a lot of their stuff, um, a lot of their clothing, just so, because I knew I'd be shopping at their their wholesalers soon enough. Um, and so the followers that I got was through them or kind of through their style and through their inspo. Um, but obviously within South Africa, then I knew that they would hopefully eventually love what we had to, had to offer because it was, you know, similar stuff. So I think so. I think I was also like following their Instagram pages. So I think it's always good. I mentioned this before, but it's always good to find a company that's kind of like-minded to yours or what you hope to be one day and just use that as a really good base to build your business or at least for us. It was so we could see, okay, what they're doing. Cool. This is what we're going to do. And oh, they, they like that style. That's probably, you know, it's hard to know at the beginning that, um, you know, tie-dye is going to be a thing, but if they're stocking it and it's doing really well and it's selling out, then you know, okay, cool, we need to be stocking tie-dye because it's hard to judge the market at the very beginning. But I feel like now when you shop so much, <laughs> you know, you get an idea. But um, yeah, anyway, so I don't, that was a very long-winded reply to that. But <laughs> Don't yeah. it at all. Um, and one thing that you touched on earlier, which I found quite interesting is that we often don't think about the legal side of starting a business. And I mean, I don't know, there was quite a legal for, I mean, I am aware that there's a legal process for imports and exports, but it broke up a bit earlier when you were explaining it. How long did it take you to get through the legal process before you could actually start trading? I think, um, I think it took just a, I would say I was here. So it was a bit hard. I had to, assign original documents and ship them to South Africa. So that took a bit of time. I think if obviously if you're in South Africa, um, it would take a lot quicker because you're able to do that. But I think it was probably between like three to six months, I think. Um, That was when I had to set up everything. And then there were some legal requirements um, on my visa here that I wasn't really able to work until the following year. So I had to just wait another, I think it was like another year until I could actually start trading. Um, But that wasn't, that was like a legal Australia thing. Um, That wasn't a 
legal ciphering, I think. So I think if I if I was able to, it would have probably been about like I think three to five months, I would say, just getting everything in order and just making sure like you're above board on everything. That's so interesting. And I can imagine because you now had to deal with South African legalities and Australian legalities. Oh, approach this kind of yourself meticulously going through it um obviously i'm assuming you got lawyers involved to assist you as well was it a strenuous process because you obviously then started building up and then you had to wait a year and then and then yeah i mean all good things take time i think i don't know um but i i didn't actually have a lawyer i just did like a lot of research like a lot of like how to start a business in south africa um and just like you know downloaded forms and signed them and i was like okay that sounds fine um the lawyer was it was just our like australian visa lawyer which we had to use um but that was just yeah our work permits and stuff um but i think yeah i mean you had to, i just i think i was like okay you know when the time is right the time is right you know if if it's if i'm not allowed to work now then eventually I will be able to and it was fine and I got a job in the, in the meantime I got a job at a, a retail like a school platypus it's like a sneaker shop and I was like cool I'll just work here until Boulevard can be set up and it was good so at least you know I had a bit of time just to to do that and I'm so grateful that I did oh that's awesome see that's something I would have never known or anyone else that you just oh, yeah. spearheaded the charge yourself and then also work <laughs> in the room so were you running your Instagram page, your style inspo page while you're working at the sneaker store and setting everything up? Yeah, exactly. So I was just, I was just running it. I mean, I don't think I was very consistent, um, but I, I was definitely like stalking all of the Verge Girls, the Shopo, the Princess Polly throughout the whole time and just like getting really good insight into them um, while, yeah, while I was waiting until we could, we could start. And I was even shopping, like it was hilarious. Like I was going to the wholesalers and I was going to the supplies and just like buying what I loved. And I'm like, you're only going to be opening in like a year's time. You don't even know if this is going to be in, you know, in, in fashion or on trend at the time. Um, but thankfully I did put a little limit in that and I didn't shop too much. So we were okay at the end, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just did it throughout that time. It kept me busy. So it was good. Yeah, and like you were saying, uh, all good things take time and you know that wait before you could actually trade, I feel like that probably prepared you really well during this oh, long sure. time because you weren't able to trade, you weren't allowed to import or export and trade with yeah, exactly. So can you just give us a little bit of insight on how you know you were flourishing and exporting and importing and Boulevard was fully operational and then once lockdown happened, how did you guys business your uh, Pivot your business strategies. Um, yeah, obviously we couldn't like import or export. Um, and that was also okay because weirdly, I just thought this year I just needed a break because usually we do collections every month. Um, and this year I was like, I just need a, I'm a bit too hasty sometimes with like having a collection every month because I, it got to a point where I was like, okay, I just, I need to have a collection this month. Let me go and shop and like get it sorted. But I don't think I was, I was loving the pieces, but there were some pieces I'm like, why did I get that? Like, I should have just waited out, you know? So this year I was like, okay, gonna be very meticulous. Um, I'm gonna shop it slowly. And maybe I'm just gonna, from February, I was like, I think I'm only gonna do a collection in April. And I think the lockdown was like early March. I can't remember, halfway through March maybe. Um, so I was lucky in that sense because it kind of coincided with my plan already, but obviously I wasn't able to ship in April. So, um, we, I just, I just like took it as it 
came. I do, like I think I mentioned to you before, I just focus on Instagram to try and make it quite uplifting in quite an uncertain time and just changed our content a bit and had a few more blog posts. Um, and I think we did, a, I think we did a giveaway or two um, which was quite nice because we just focused on like the stock that was there and had we had sales So we tried to move the stock that was there. Although um sorry the current that this was This is before lockdown. Sorry, and then in lockdown obviously nothing could happen There were we did have a sale on so that if people wanted to shop they could but then that would be shipped after um, when level four Was we were allowed to ship again? Um, but I think yeah, just changing the content, and I was just, I was like, you know, we will, I will wait this out, um, and I'll just focus on what we can, when, when we can stop sh start shopping again. Um, then I'll just focus on, you know, what what do I want? Because I've never really, I've always like gone and I've been like, okay, cool, I love this dress, let me stop it. Oh, I love this top, let me stop it. But this time I was able to like have a mood board and be like, okay, cool, this is what I want for this collection. I want knits and I want blouses and I want like iconic pieces um, more so than just some things that you could actually get in South Africa already. So I think I just took that time to plan. Um, yeah, well, I think definitely your time when you were waiting to launch Boulevard prepared you well for this. Uh, I know, just to wait it out. <laughs> um, but that also, it's interesting because then you got time to focus on your brand a bit again and on your collection yeah. what it was you wanted to put out there so obviously when you created this brand boulevard it's quite personal to you and um for whoever of us that know you know like you can see the voice come through and your personality come through to the brand were you ever scared or intimidating putting yourself out there in that sort of way about getting any sort of judgment or criticism on it or not getting maybe the feedback that you'd hoped to receive yeah i think um i think initially when i did i always say i think and i i'm, I'm i don't think i know <laughs> initially when we started um i was i think it's the first time you actually put yourself out there when you're creating a brand um and you have more followers or friends or whatever on instagram than you do your own account so you have a lot more people's opinions and a lot more um, people's eyes. So I think initially when I did start um, Boulevard, I was really cautious of it and I was, I didn't want my face to be anywhere. I didn't want to, you know, model the clothes um, because I, if there was anything that people didn't like about it or if there was a post that people didn't like, I didn't want them to know that it was me. Um, and then I realized that a lot of the time people like to associate a brand with a person or someone to be held accountable. Um, not accountable, but just to know that there's like a person behind a brand, you know? So and then I was like, okay, need to start being, you know, on social media and modeling the clothes and stuff and saying that, you know, hi, I'm Taylor Chapp, I'm Taylor Sutherland, I'm CEO of Boulevard Boutique. Um, and a lot of the time, not a lot of the time, I mean, I know we, we posted one post, um, which I was actually chatting to a friend about last night, um, about... Uh, it was something it, it, it was like a political issue in South Africa and I remember we posted a post and it was I was trying to be as sensitive as possible but you know sometimes you as we said we you know every day you're learning and every day you're getting more educated about certain issues um so I posted this post thinking I was being so sensible on Boulevard and I got um a DM like quite hurtful um just saying like you don't know what you're speaking about and you shouldn't be saying these certain things and I and I just I I literally just took the number and I voice noted her and I just said, I'm totally like, I 
I completely understand that that's what you think. Like, let's chat about it and whatever. And I was so taken back. I was so hurt that I could offend someone. Um, but I, I think you, I think with Boulevard, I just have to be so mindful of the, the content that we post. I'm more mindful, and I think I'm always, I'm always nervous of that. I'm always nervous of offending people or. I don't know, being a bit hurtful because a lot of the time they do know it's, you know, there's me behind it, you know, I'm the CEO and I'm, I'm approving a lot of the content. Um, so I think I'm always nervous of it, but I think that's a good thing. You need to be nervous of the content that you're posting. You need to be held accountable and you need to be promoting messages, good messages and um, what's the word, like appropriate messages. You know, you have to, it's a good thing to be nervous and it's a good thing to be wanting to learn more all the time, even with everything that's going on at the moment. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. And what I admire so much about your platform as well is that you're an extremely inclusive platform and some brands tend to shy away from political opinions. Uh, yeah, that's... But, but you guys do. You post, and I saw recently, you did post about white privilege and what we need to do and to be held accountable and posting about uh, George Floyd as well. And yeah. how come you decided that on your platform you will uh, post about political situations and social commentary as I know many brands do shy away from that? Yeah, for sure. But I think I think keeping quiet, I, we've seen that a few posts about it, but keeping quiet is the same as, you know, being on the perpetrator side. I just, you have to have a standpoint um, for sure. So I think, yeah, I think you just have to be in, a, like you have to lead by example, um, but you have you have to be posting some something and you have to have some, you have to be saying something because we have to have a message. I mean, if it's just, yeah, if you don't say anything, then you just, you're as bad as the perpetrator. So I think it's really important, even if it's just a, you know, a post here and there or a message here and there, I do think we, you have to say something. You can't stay silent, especially not in these times, you know, when you're so able to, you, you posting other things, you're posting like cute little quotes and you're not able to um, speak on matters that actually issue, uh, sorry, issues that actually matter, <laughs> matters that actually issue. Um, so I think, yeah, I think, I think brands and people and like influencers and celebrities that like take a stand, I think that's more admirable than the ones that don't. Like you just have to, even though, you know, we are less than we need, to, I do think we need to, but it's also at the same time, like you said, I need to be so cautious of the content that I post. I need to make sure that it's the right content and that um, we you know, we I'm, every day I'm, I'm like understanding more and more about the fights that we all have to fight. So. I just make sure that that content is like, you know, it's, it's what we need to be posting. Amazing. And who has always been an idol or a mentor for you? Ah, oh. <laughs> I think, um, they, I don't know if you know Saba's good. It's an Australian, uh, clothing label. They're incredible. And they have two owners. Um, I never know. It's T Tessie. Um, and her sister-in-law and I've looked up to them so much because it's so similar she's young probably 20 say 28 29 maybe I don't even know her age but um she they're young female uh, owners of this incredible Australian label um and I think I always just look to them because they've always done they've, they're designing their own clothes they're um they're really they're really uh, they're Customer service is incredible. I think they're just a really great brand to look up to, or even just to 
great idols. You know, you, you don't often, you don't find female CEOs in that are similar age um, and that are doing inc like incredibly well. Um, so I think, you know, if I look up to them, like, okay, one day I will be you. <laughs> um, so I love them so much. I think they're great. Um, and I'm trying to think, I mean, my dad, obviously, my dad's incredible, um, what he's built up in his life. So I always like looked to him and turned to him for advice. Um, yeah, I would say those two. Love them all very much. <laughs> and what I ask each person that I interview is, what does feminine leadership mean to you? Um, I... It's, oh, it's such a hard one because I know everyone's fighting this fight every day, you know, although I often, I, I've never really walked, worked, sorry, in a corporate environment. Um, so I've never had to face a lot of the, the challenges that females face in a work environment. Um, I've, I, you know, worked for a retail company for like two seconds um, and that was as, as a retail assistant kind of. So I didn't ever really feel... Um, I've never really faced these challenges. I've opened up my own online boutique and it's always with female um, suppliers and which is I love, like female suppliers, female wholesalers. Um, so I've never felt a lot of challenges, but I, I'm obviously so aware of the fight that females are fighting every single day. And this, yeah, it's just so important. I feel like, okay, that I've opened up my online clothing boutique hopefully or my, my business um, and you know what to be honest I've seen so many friends um, girlfriends doing the same at the moment they're you know to, uh, they're opening up their own um, businesses and they I feel like in the last 10 years or even five years there's just been such a massive shift towards female run companies and even like my dad's um, his MD is um, manager director she's she's a woman obviously and she's this powerhouse and I'm like I'm just I love that so much that you know he he has this woman running his company basically um, and I just think like we just need to keep pushing and hopefully in a, in a few years or even sooner you know there will be so much female equality and female run businesses I know um, what's the word like bias towards men in, in corporate environments. I just, like I said, I need to, you know, I, because I haven't faced certain issues in life, like I need to be, I need to research so much and just understand it so much more. Um, but I am trying to, and I just hope that women take over the world. Well, no, <laughs> I know that it, <laughs> like it, it's never like Yeah, no, I swear, literally, no, we don't have to take over the world, but just, we need to be equal. That's what we fight for, so. You know, have if feminism is 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 for everyone to believe in the same thing as anti-racism. You know, it's not just for women. So, like everyone just needs to like switch their mind a bit. I think. I think it's easy. You know, it's so funny. I speak to some of my guy friends sometimes, and they, they sometimes they'll say things, and I'm like, I just you know they're still set in a in a mindset, and it's just it just takes a lot of education. So we just need to educate. <laughs> a lot of education. Yeah. <laughs> Education, we will get <laughs> um, but I love that I love that you always want to constantly evolve and educate yourself and you know you acknowledge the blessings that you have but then also wanting to understand the world around you I think that's a really amazing quality and yeah, so. to to acknowledge that and look to that and you know take that into account for ourselves as well yeah well I hope so <laughs> say that to you um 
Now we come to a segment I like to call the ABCs. Yeah. <laughs> it's the ABCs of your journey. So, A, what was your amazing affluent aha moment of your career journey? I when I started ordering, I think I mentioned this to you, but I when I started ordering from a lot of the Australian boutiques when I used to come and visit Australia, um I realized and I'd go back to South Africa and a lot of my friends would just they would just love um the clothes and they'd say oh where can i get this and i'd say oh it's in australia and they're like oh my gosh next time you go please bring it back and i was like wow this is because <laughs> if if i can do this for more than just my friends this will be hopefully this will actually be so great um if they have a need for it then i'm sure more girls would have a need for it um so i think that was like my aha when i started but <laughs> this is going to sound so lame but my aha when i was like Oh my gosh, like Bolivar's actually making a difference. Well, not really, but I was out um with a few friends and someone came up to me and she said, "Oh my gosh, I'm um I bought from you before. I you you're Taylor from Bolivar." And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> and I was so happy. It was like the happiest day in the entire world. I think I told everyone and I was like, "Wow, okay. If I've met a customer that I haven't met like I haven't ever known before, then okay, great. I'm doing I'm doing something okay here." Yeah. So, I think that's my aha like okay, good finally. You know, someone's bought from me. Perfect. Um and what would you say is your bad business blunder or decision that you learned from? So it was a failure that you learned from. Oh, that is one thing actually that's been really interesting. So um with supplying or buying from labels and wholesalers and um yeah, shops here in Australia, there was once where there was the opportunity to buy from a UK based um label and i was like okay great like it looks you know it looks really good it's all online um but you know you don't have the ability to just to go feel it try it on whatever and i remember buying a whole bunch of the stuff and it was like it was nice enough um but i did not love it and i was like if i was a customer i wouldn't i i don't think i would buy this and i still sold it because obviously i had ordered it um but i discounted the pricing so it wasn't as expensive as our usual range but that was something i was like i'll never ever do again if i'm not okay with the product 100% then i i can't be selling it cuz i can't put my put my name behind it right i mean you just don't want unhappy customers and we did get unhappy unhappy customers so or one we had one or two maybe one or two um that really like a tit like attack my soul when people are unhappy i'm like oh i should never and i know i was wrong you know yeah. i never should so that is something that i i've learned I'm like i'll never ever buy something that i haven't tried on or felt or tested the size on before cuz yeah i just i hate people, i hate when people are unhappy and it's just the worst there's nothing worse than ordering something online and you don't like it and yeah. you know that you then have to return it but then there's the return fee and oh it's just something worse so anyway so my big blunder but now i have learned <laughs> so only good clothes good i agree only good clothes on boulevard so it's fine yeah. <laughs> um and see what is your comical cinematic worthy cock up it can be remember the ones oh this is horrendous but when i used when i was younger i used to i love driving so much i don't know why so i um my au pair who i love very much so my pair anymore she's like a sister now um but she would always let me sit on her lap and we would like drive down the road and i was probably about like 12 or 14 or something she did the pedals and then the ones <laughs> the ones i just farted on her lap when i were driving and literally it's the funniest thing in the entire world i'm like i can't believe she loved me after that like who does that anyway so that's probably like one of my has nothing to do with business but i mean what can yeah. you do what can you no do? that's so sweet that's such a sweet thing 
How do you still uh, like me after this? I don't know how she still like dealt. She still deals with me. Like I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> oh, let's go. Do I go first? Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll go first. Okay. And okay. Uh, it's a car that it's it's a brand of a car. Um, one of their models is a Yaris. Oh, Toyota. Yes. Uh, not Zoom. Not uh, Google. Hey. But one of the other uh, no, uh, it's blue as well. Skype. Yes. Um, Up. Yes. Um, what the was the biggest building in the world? It's the most famous in New York. Uh, oh, oh, the the Twin Towers, the Trade oh, Center. Time, time's up. Oh no! Empire State Building. Oh. <laughs> so you got Sorry. three, and then the last one was People. Okay. Okay. That would be a hard one. Okay, we had time for three out of five. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> and you? <laughs> yeah, okay. It's my turn now. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Continue. No. Okay. Um. Oh. Sorry, I think mine's in a different language. <laughs> oh, no. How the hell did this happen? <laughs> Okay, cool. Yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> yes, I'm ready. Okay, cool. Uh, oh, oh, um, what is the, the police? Oh, no, I can't even say that. Okay, it's a type of fish. People eat it out of can. Tuna. Yes. Um, it's the movie with all the vampires. Twilight. Yes, <laughs> sorry, I should have explained that more. Um, every uh, September-ish, people travel to Hamanas to see a certain... Whales. Animal. Yes, but what type of whale? Oh, tons of... Mammals. Whales. Humpback whales. Sorry, that was two. That was two. <laughs> I'm so sorry, that was so one bad. One more round each. Let's do one more okay. round each. Yes, okay, that's yeah. good. Yeah, that's good. Um, and... You, it's an e-commerce platform that you can, it was one of the first, it's not Amazon, it, you could bid on it. eBay? Yes. Okay. Um, these, oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, <laughs> I, know this I don't know the other ones. Um, Hand, wave, hello? Yeah. Um, and then, I'm trying to think, like, famous basketball players, but I don't know how to describe them. And I don't uh, know. My, 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 uh, my, oh no! <laughs> That's what oh, I'm no. So it was no, it's eBay. Okay. James, LeBron James. Ah, oh, I should have said that. We know LeBron. Yeah, but I mean, it could have been anyone. It could have been like Michael Jordan as well. Yeah, <clears throat> that was good. <laughs> I don't know Tongas National Park. Tonga National Park. No, I don't know that either. Paul Kruger. No. <laughs> I just I hope people watching aren't like, oh my gosh, they don't know who Paul Kruger is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the last one was, hello, exclamation mark. Ah, okay, good. We got that. So yeah, two. you got two. Okay. Okay, well, now cool. we can, I feel like now we will, um, now we will hit it out of the park. I feel like we can. We can do it. Yes, we got this. Okay, are you ready? Yes. Okay, it is where, um, if you watch uh, Modern Family, it's where Gloria's from. Colombia. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. It's something that you, if you, if you're copying a piece of paper, you put it into. 
photocopy a fax machine, a photocopy a printer, a scanner. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, um, someone that like you pay rent to in America most of the time. Landlord. Yes. Um, oh, time's up. But that was good. Oh, that, was that was a good one. <laughs> so you had scanner, landlord, and Columbia. The other one was Maneke Piss and Sweet Roll. I don't know. What? <laughs> Anyway, it was good. That was, that was good. a good one. You're definitely the one. You got, you got five out of ten. I got, I think, four out of ten. So you win. <laughs> oh, no, you see, that's my bad explaining. That's not me. No, they were hard cards. No, yeah, they were. <laughs> I love it, though. I'm so happy. It's like you can take 30 seconds with you anyway. Literally. I love 30 seconds. And I'd like to end off the interviews with just a quick fire round. It's three questions that I ask and you just say what comes to top of mind to frame of mind um so the first one is what three books would you recommend reading for anyone um the silent patient is very good it's a um psychological like crime thriller but honestly it's like it will set the bar i feel like once you've read that you it's just the best psychological crime thriller ever so 100 the silent patient um most of my books are the silent, like are, are crime thrillers, which is sad. But the other one is Blood Orange, similar, also just really good twisty book, like really good twists. Um, and I really enjoyed Girl Boss. I think that's like very predictable, but um, it's just a, it's if you're just wanting to start your own business, it's just nice to have an inspirational book or just a, 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 of someone doing the same thing that you want to do and how they went about it and also like the challenges that they face and stuff. I think people don't speak about the challenges as much as they should. And I really enjoy that. Like I love that book. So I would say silent patient, blood orange, and then go bust. <laughs> awesome. And what is a daily ritual that you can't do without? So let me phrase that better. What is something that you do in your everyday life that you have to do? Um, I have to make my bed. I don't know if that's a daily ritual, but like I have to, even though the other day I, w I made my bed and then I still like got on top of my bed under my blanket, but I was like, I have to make my bed because I feel like that's my productive thing. I just have to do um, that. And then like have a cup of tea as soon as I'm like ready and dressed. I can't, it's so funny, but Keegs always wants to make me a cup of tea like while I'm still in bed. And I'm just like, no, I need to like get up and like make the bed and then get dressed and then have a cup of tea. Perfect. <laughs> okay. yeah. And... Out of curiosity, you were seen as a designer in, uh, in 2010 when you were de taking design and someone said oh. that you were becoming a fashion designer. Is that on the horizon for you? Would you be bringing your own little maybe boulevard boutique label into the platform? Not, not boulevard, very, very um, weirdly, but I've, I've started creating a label of some sorts um, that hopefully will be launching in what you didn't know so this is hilarious that you've asked me this and <laughs> um, <laughs> i will be launching hopefully you know you know hope if timing goes according to plan this year um but hopefully november october november and um, we will be launching something that i have designed which is really exciting um so yes anyway so that's very exciting and Weirdly, I never thought I would be a designer ever, but I think when you love something so much, like you just find a way. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully everything goes according to that. And then October, November, we'll be able to celebrate a design. 
Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I was just, I was spitballing. So I'm so glad. I know. I know. I'm like, oh, and this is something I'm like, I'm keeping under wraps, you know, like I only like send it to my family and my friends and I'm like, haven't even announced anything, but I, hopefully, you know, God's timing in October, November, we'll have something. <laughs> so yeah, just that comes to a close. Uh, our little interview. It was so nice to speak to you again. Thank you so much for coming on and speaking on the tea with Nikki and giving us a little insight on what's to look forward to October, November time as well. Yes, very excited. But thank but, you so much for having me. The best. I'm so happy that you're doing this. Um, and I love the tea with Nikki and I can't wait to watch it every Monday. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I think a key takeaway is that when you are starting a business, it's important to do the research on your competitors, on the legal startups, on the cost implications. And then also a key strategy in business seems to be patience. Taylor was patient before starting Boulevard Boutique leading up to it. And then also during the COVID-19 lockdown where she wasn't able to operate. Another exciting takeaway from my talk with Taylor is that she will be opening up her own little designer label in October, November time. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I know I am. I love Taylor's clothing choices and I've seen Boulevard Boutique, so I back her and I'm so excited to support her on this journey. 